me see if I can turn the music down, fade it out. Boom. Doing this live. Just like, what was the guy, the Wolfman? Jack the Wolfman? I don't know. There was some famous DJ named Wolfman back in the day. He did everything live. I, not your classically trained radio junkie, uh, am flying solo tonight once again. Going to hit you guys real quick. I've got eight things on my list. I don't know if I've ever done a things I think I think to the public. I've done those for Patreon episodes back when I was doing those pretty consistently, um, which was like five of them or four of them, I think. Anyway, uh, first thing on my list is the duck migration is underway. We're starting to see big ducks show up. It's the most wonderful time of the year, you guys. Like if you're not if you're not seeing the ducks show up, like if you're not a duck hunter, you're missing out on just like I don't know. In Florida, we don't get seasons like where you see the leaves change or snow or any of that stuff. So being able to see the birds show up, and it's not just ducks. Um, you see bigger flocks of spoonbills. You see other migratory birds like your uh, your painted bunnings and stuff like that showing up. So really exciting. Duck migration season is here. We're getting excited because we are on the the uh, eve of the eve of the eve of duck season, which is, as we all know, should be a national holiday. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but I blame both the Republicans and the Democrats for duck season not being a national holiday. Um, so really excited about that. And in conjunction with that, if you look at the weather in honor of Nate, like I, I wish I had more time to do some editing. I would put like some choir music in here or like, softly in the voices like this is the nathan anderson memorial weather segment but if you look at the weather later this week in florida we have a cold front coming which means obviously this is not going to be cold but it will be cold at night for us which is in the 50s i think and it's going to be beautiful either saturday or sunday it's going to be like 75 for a high sunny with a high of 75 wasn't that a country song was that a country song do i imagine that i know it was a song Anyway, um, really excited about the weather that is forthcoming in honor of Halloween because I know we have lots of listeners out there that have little kids that are going to be trick-or-treating this coming weekend. And as someone that has passed that stage of his life, Will is now 15. He's my youngest. So we are not, uh, no, we are no longer doing the trick-or-treating, but I know how nice it is when it is a little bit cooler because all Halloween costumes raise your body temperature by about 350 degrees. They're like COVID on steroids. So there's no good way to put a kid into like any kind of costume. Like the Buzz Lightyear costume, you buy them. I don't know where you buy them anymore. You guess you get from Amazon now. But it's made of like non-breathable latex or something. So that it makes the kids sweat and as miserable as possible. Then you get them sugared up after their bedtime. And then there's a meltdown. That is a Halloween tradition that is honored time and time again. A tradition unlike any other, like the Masters. So I'm, I'm, you guys are all in our thoughts and prayers that are trick-or-treating, but hopefully you'll get a little bit of reprieve because it will not be quite as hot. Um, I definitely remember one Halloween where it was like 93 when we took the kids out and I, oh my gosh, it's just miserable, miserable. You shouldn't have to hydrate to trick-or-treat. Um, next thing on my list, that was number two. Number three is an update very quickly because so many have asked, so many have reached out on the Sequoia Saga uh, if you're not aware of the Sequoia Saga, my Sequoia, my my longtime Beulah is her name. I've never referred to her by name, but her name is Beulah. She's done. She's toast. Um, actually, she's not. She drives great. She runs great. You crank her and she goes. You point her in her direction and she goes. She's a very reliable car, minus the four-wheel drive. 
So uh, we have run into just a number of snags with getting that repaired. I was down about four and a half weeks without my truck. Uh, I was fortunate enough to let have family that has uh, bonus trucks. So I was able to get through early teal season, um, but it just become just kind of a drag. And so I said it on this podcast like two weeks ago, we were not going to be buying a different truck. Um, we did actually buy a truck and I am just, uh, it was not, it was not a, th- I mean, it is, I love the truck. It's beautiful. It's cool. Um, but I am not, neither Emily nor I like to have car payments. We don't like to buy things like that. We always have buyer's remorse about everything. I mean, we have buyer's remorse when we go out to eat pizza. So, um, but anyway, it's, it's way nicer than any truck I've ever had. I'm really excited about it. And I uh, can't wait to get out in the woods with it. It's a, if, for those asking, keeping score at home is a Nissan Titan. It is used. Um, it's about four or five years old. It's got 60,000 miles on it. There you go. You have all the specifics and particulars. Oh, and it has four wheel drive that does work. Does not have any of the other bells and whistles, although it does have Bluetooth because this is not an exaggeration um, for me to, to use Bluetooth in the Sequoia. Like I had cables running all over the place, like plugged into, you remember back in the nineties, like you had a tape deck with like a, a wire coming out of it that plugged into your Walkman. So you could listen to some mixtapes whenever you picked up your girl. Yeah. That was me and the Sequoia, like wanting to use my phone and I couldn't talk on the phone with the Bluetooth, but I could um, use it like an FM transmitter and connect to it somehow and make it like have so, so I could have some radio. Anyway, um, this thing is like the space station because it has Bluetooth. So it's like a pretty big deal to me, but it does not have any of the bells and whistles like heated seats or remote start or any of the other things that people have asked me about. Um, I'm not really a bells and whistles guy. I am a truck guy. I am a, uh, it needs to drive and it needs to go on four wheel drive when I need it to go on four wheel drive and it's got to be able to tow stuff. Um, speaking of that being resolved, if you're listening to this and you've wanted to hunt with me, um, I don't usually promo this stuff out here, but I have a few weekday openings during this duck season um, for public land hunts and maybe a weekday private land hunt, just depending on on what week it is. But if you're interested, make sure you reach out to me, DM me, text me, message me, uh, get in touch with me somehow, and we will make sure to get you on the list, see if we can get out there in the duck blind. There is nothing better than spending the day in a duck blind together the morning and a duck blind together and then going to breakfast, whether you kill ducks or not going to breakfast is the highlight of that whole experience. Um, I don't, these, I'm not doing these in order, even though I have them numbered in order. So number seven on my list, but this is not the seventh thing. Cause I, I think I have three more after this, um, is last week you may have saw on may have saw. Oh my gosh. Can't even talk anymore. You may have seen on social media last week. I shared where a number of, podcast listeners, friends of the show. We went to Dade city. Um, incidentally, did y'all know that Dade city is my motherland? Like that's Dade city is where my dad was born. So he is my most Northern relative that uh, we know of. So, um, he is, he's the Yankee kind of in the family. Anyway, Dade city is, uh, (laughs) there's a gentleman in Dade city, Blake Holtower lost my entire train of thought there. And Blake has been interested in starting a Delta waterfowl chapter. And so he posted out on one of the Facebook groups. It got around to me somehow. And some folks asked me like, Hey, what do you think about this? And I said this, and I'm saying this now for the podcast because there's going to be a Delta waterfowl chapter and I'm going to be a member of it. And I'm going to tell you why, because Delta waterfowl, as much as any other NGO in the hunting space has had hunters backs 
and they will stand up for hunters' rights, and they care deeply about hunting, waterfowling, habitat. They care about all the things that we care about. Now, they don't care about them in Florida the way that we care about them, but they care about them and they don't not care about them in Florida. They just care about them at a, at a much bigger macro level nationwide. And even remember the North American conservation model. Wildlife is an international resource. They care about them. Canada, they care about them migratorily, like just a fantastic organization. And uh, there's two names there, John Devney and Cyrus Baird, who have both been incredible, both mentors and friends to us in um, our conservation fights down here. There have been issues in Florida that we've been involved in uh, the cast and blast community where I've picked up the phone and bounced it off. Those guys had nothing to do with Delta had nothing to do with ducks, but just wanted their advice, their mentorship um, just really trusted their counsel. So they are fantastic guys. And um, I will absolutely give Delta a a day or two of my time volunteering for a banquet, helping them do some fundraising and, and whatever else, because I believe in that organization. I believe in the leadership of that organization. I believe in the heart of that organization. So, um, we got together. I think there were 10 of us that got together up in Dade city. That'll be the, the, uh, kind of the, the kickoff. They needed to make sure they had 10 people that were willing to do it. And I think we, we either had 10 or 11 and, um, there will be more coming on that. We'll be sharing that in our Facebook group, cast and blast Florida, the group I'm trying to do better with sharing this kind of stuff on Instagram stories. I know I'm failing miserably there cause I just still don't understand how Instagram stories work. Um, but I'll also try to keep you guys posted on the podcast and through what other, uh, whatever other mediums can come around. But if you're interested in being a part of the Delta waterfowl deal, make sure that if you haven't already connected with Blake, you get with me and I can connect you with Blake. I'm not running it. I'm not chairing it. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm just trying to help get that chapter up, stood up running operational. And like I said, um, there's lots of us out here. There are members of lots of nonprofits. This is a nonprofit I trust. And, and you guys have heard me talk about, I've, I've said it many times on the show. I think CCA is a nonprofit I trust. Like there's nonprofits out there that I just trust. I trust that they're going to show up. I'm not saying I'm going to agree with them on hundred percent of the things that they take a stand on, but I trust the way their thought process works. I trust their leadership. I trust why they do what they do and how they do it. All of that nonprofit talk leads me into, if you listen to the live show episode a few weeks back, um, I guess God almighty, that's been over two months ago. Is that right? How is that even possible? Like is time linear? If you listen to the live show, you heard us make a big announcement there. And that was that we are launching a nonprofit called all Florida, all FLA.org. And we are still launching that nonprofit. The problem is, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's a global pandemic and the IRS has decided that the global pandemic slows down the rate at which we do paperwork. Now I understand container ships sitting in the Pacific or whatever like that, holding up like my car getting made. But what I don't understand is how that slows down paperwork. Anyway, everything's progressing, but there is a piece of paper we are waiting for from the IRS. There is no problems with that piece of paper. We've called the IRS, sat on hold for two and a half hours and spoken to them about it. It's just in the normal processing of how the IRS works. So we are awaiting that and also trying to figure out if we can move forward without that and then retroactively um, do some stuff with it. But it's, it's a it's just been a little bit of a pain. So sorry about that. We wanted to launch on October 1st. Um, we keep kind of holding our breath and it's one of those things where you're like, ah, maybe it'll come in this week and it doesn't come in this week and we didn't talk about it. So I feel bad having not talked about it, but we are all systems go on that. Um, we had a, a very good friend of mine, Meg uh, Welch come over 
And she's come over and done a couple of sessions with us on branding and um, strategy. And she's started a number of nonprofits. I've worked for another number of nonprofits. Anyway, there's a lot going on behind the scenes on that. And um, we are full speed ahead. But I think now we are really looking at a January launch date for it. So um, because we don't want to get lost in the Christmas shuffle, the duck season shuffle, uh, really the the folks that are kind of engaged in our community. Yes, you guys, we know you will be there, but we also don't want to get it um, to where it's, we lose some of that initial push. So uh, probably looking at a first of the year launch now at this point on it. But if you want to keep tabs on that, you can go to allfla.org. We have a little email form there you can sign up for. Um, I will tell you that we are working with with a friend of the show, Joe Polito's wife, Steph Polito, on a logo. She's who designed the Cast and Blast Florida logo, and I'm really excited about our logos. Like, um, we, we've got a couple of revisions. We're getting back to her, but she's so talented, and this is it's really an incredible thing. I'm really excited about it. You guys are going to love it, I think, and everybody's going to – it's going to be a very, very, very cool nonprofit. It's going to be something um, – We've already had some ideas and some stuff that's going to disrupt, I think, the way we look at member-based nonprofits, uh, conservation NGOs, um, hunting and fishing nonprofits. And so we're really excited about that. Allfla.org. It is coming down the pipe very, 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 very soon. Uh, the last thing I have, well, I have two more on my list, but one of them just says stay woke, and that's all in the podcast. The last thing that I have is um, there will not be a conversation this week. And I'll, let me explain that to you because I had ambitions on conversations this year. Like I really, my target was to hit 40 of them, but, um, this is some inside baseball stuff. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but whenever I record a conversation, I always give the person that is on the recording the benefit to listen to the conversation first. And I feel like that's just like, it's not good journalism, but I'm not a journalist. If y'all think I'm a journalist, you're crazy. Um, so I always send it back out to the guest to allow them to review it, listen to it, mark it up. You know, if they said something and they didn't like what they said, I think I'm not looking for gotcha journalism. I'm not, I'm not looking to trick somebody at FWC into saying, oh my gosh, we, we should never reopen Goliath groupers or, oh my gosh, we should absolutely open a bear hunt. Like that's, that is bad faith and that's operating in bad faith and we should have better character than that. And so that's the way I run the podcast. If that makes you want to not listen to the conversations anymore. Okay, that's fine. Like we'll live. But, um, so all of that said between over the summer with all the work we were doing on all Florida and all the work we were doing on the RHAs and all the work we were doing on the live show and all the work we were doing on the Tuesday podcast. Um, we took a little break from conversations for a minute. I got behind because usually I try to be three or four conversations out and recording. So now I'm, playing catch up a little bit on them. So I have, I have three in the kind of in the can, but they have not been approved by the, by the folks that did their, their recordings yet. So those will be coming. There just won't be one this week. I've, I've given them all, um, a deadline of, I think, I think the earliest deadline is Friday. So I may have one back Friday, but it won't be published till next week, but those I'll go ahead and give you those names. Um, and I'll tease them out a little bit. One is with, uh, two staffers from FWC's marine fisheries that, that is, um, the, the, the division at FWC that handles snook, trout, redfish, yada, yada, yada. And we did a in-depth discussion interview on the redfish situation that we have right now. And that maybe that's not a good way to describe it, but maybe 
we, we did a discussion on, um, they just did all these redfish workshops, kind of like what they heard, what the science shows kind of right now that they've, they've shared at both those workshops at the summit, uh, at the commission meeting. Um, some of the, some of the things that some of the interpretations of the science, what escapement means, why we don't use SPR. If you, if you went all the way back, I think it was our third episode we ever recorded for a conversation was with a gentleman named Eric Weather who works for FWRI. And he talks at length about indices of relative abundance and McCall's basin theory. And, and he's a scientist on the research side that provides the data, the modeling, the information to the trust managers, the, the, the people that we've interviewed, um, that kind of gives them the data and information they're looking for, for, uh, population assessments and things like that. So really excited about that interview, looking forward to getting that one reviewed by them so we can get it out to you guys. But I think you guys are going to enjoy that a lot. It was a phone interview. So the sound quality is not as good as everybody sitting in the same room. Um, but I logistically couldn't get there. They were willing to do it, but I could not get to Tallahassee this week to pull that off. So anyway, the redfish interview is coming up. Also, um, the Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida connected me with Richard Corbett, Richard Corbett, also known as Dick Corbett. Um, and so I was able to go sit down with him in Tampa and do an interview. And that is a pretty interesting interview. This is a gentleman that has lived a very fascinating life. Um, I don't want to steal the stories that he's going to share, uh, but it was one of those where I just handed him the microphone and said, hi, uh, Mr. Corbett, how are you? And he talked for 30 minutes. So it's going to be a really good storytelling podcast. We talk about the foundation and what they do, but we also kind of talk about uh, his political career, um, his career as a developer, but also his career as a FWC commissioner and the other philanthrop- philanthropologic, what it, ph- ph- philanthropic work that he has done. You can tell it's late and I am rushing a little bit here. So I've got an interview with Dick Corbett coming up. And then the third name is one that I was dragging my feet on getting turned around to her. And then she was out of the country. So that is my friend, Tori Linder. Tori is a name that you recognize. She, she works with path of the Panther with Carlton Ward. Um, they've done a lot of stuff with the wildlife corridor coalition, the wildlife corridor coalition. Um, and that's just, it's a fun interview. I really like Tori a lot. I consider her a friend. Uh, and an ally in conservation. And we don't always see eye to eye on things, but I feel like it's a really good conversation. That is stuff that is coming down the pipe. Hopefully you'll start to see conversations come back and they will run through the week before Thanksgiving. And then we always take off, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then we will be back in January with uh, some more very cool stuff. So um, the Tuesday shows won't take off. They'll be around. But as always, thank you guys for listening so much. We appreciate each and every one of you from the bottoms of mine, Nate, Emily, Cam, Dan, all of our hearts, Kaylee's heart. Kaylee doesn't have a heart, so it can't be from hers. We need to have Kaylee back on. We haven't had her on in a minute. Um, But we really appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate anything you do to help the show out, be it from the folks that are Patreons that help support our show every month to those that just tell someone about it. Like I say, just that's one of the biggest things you can do is if you can recruit us a new listener, that's huge. It's immense for us. Um, the, the, the participation in our Facebook group, I know a lot of you are not on Facebook or you, you don't participate on social media. That's totally fine. But participating in that group does help new, new people and it helps build that sense of community online. So we thank you guys so much for all that you do. 
We're so happy to be part of the team with you guys, and we are looking forward to seeing y'all next week. And in the meantime, in honor the Nathan Memorial first annual inaugural um, exit, close out the podcast, I will tell you all to stay woke. <laughs>